God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here, and I, I want to uh, thank those that are online that are, that are watching, and, and I know that we have several families today that have the flu. And I think it's from the weather, because today, yesterday it was 40, and today it's 84. Uh, so it's, I like this part of the year. I enjoy the cold weather, but if you don't like the cold weather, just hang on a few hours. It will change. It's just great. I love it. So uh, anyway, thank you so much. Before we get going, uh, if you know Clara Lowe, today is her 100th birthday. Yes. So, and she is doing amazing. I will, I will see her this afternoon, uh, and I'll let her know that her church family loves her and, and, and is uh, praying for her. If you would like to send her a card, if you would drop it by the church by Wednesday, I would like to get 100 cards to get to her. And if we could get 100 cards to Sherry, I will take them over, or to Clara, rather, I will take them over to her uh, this week. So uh, if you know her, uh, please write a letter. If you don't know her, just get her a card. I mean, can you imagine making it to 100 and she is still as sharp as ever. She Sometimes she says, you know, her brain's like a computer and it takes her a little while to warm up. But she is, she is an amazing lady and a, and a child of God. So, and we, are, we are working on Psalm 103, talking about the blessings of the Lord. And, and I want to talk to you today about one of those blessings where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget his daily benefits. I, I mentioned last week that we have a tendency to forget. Of all the things that God does for us, we forget sometimes of everything that he does. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and not forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? One of the, one of the actually the greatest blessing of the Lord. You'd say, well, maybe it's health. Maybe it's the longevity of life. Perhaps it's uh, prosperity, whatever it may be. The greatest blessing we can ever receive from our God is the forgiveness of our sin the greatest blessing let me ask you this what do these people have in common are you ready Brigham Young Jimmy Hoffa Richard Nixon Patty Hearst and George Steinbrenner yes George Steinbrenner of the Yankees what do all five of them have in common? You say, well, they're all guys. Well, no, they're not all guys, because Patty Hearst was not. You say, well, what do they have in common? I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad you asked me that. They were all pardoned by a presidential pardon. All five of them received a pardon for their transgressions against this country by the president. You say, well, how can he do that? Because the president 
represents us. And when we elect a president of the United States, we give him the authority to, to pardon and forgive people that have transgressed against our laws in this country. And for, for a variety of reasons, these five were granted a presidential pardon, even though that they were found guilty by law president said I am going to erase your past you are now free isn't that amazing wouldn't you, wouldn't you love that See, and the psalmist, the psalmist is, is telling us that the Lord is to be blessed we are to kneel under the sovereignty of the Lord for all of his benefits and the number one benefit he gives is he forgives or pardons all our iniquities, all our sins. A pardon is being forgiven for an error or an offense. And, and here's David, he said, God pardons always in context uh, of God forgiving sin as the only source of forgiveness. Now you say, well, well couldn't somebody else forgive the sins? No, because a sin is simply this, a transgression against God. Anything that we do that transgresses against God is a sin. It it's misses the mark. Let's talk about sin for a minute. You say, well, what is sin? And why, why can't God just overlook it? You have to understand that you know, we talk about God being love, and He is. He's a loving God. He is a holy God, as well as He is a loving God. And you say, what's the difference? Love is not just that emotion, but it's that, it's that understanding that you would do anything to, to help somebody, to be around somebody. You want to connect with them. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. And, and, and I pretty much will do anything just for them just because I like being in their presence. I like spoiling grandkids and then giving them back to their, to their parents. I, I get great joy from that. But God is holy as much as he is loving. You say, well, what is holiness? Holiness is perfection. Holiness is being 100% pure, perfect, without flaw. Now, I know we're like Mary Poppins. We're practically perfect. But God is perfect. And just as light and darkness cannot share the same room. If a room is dark and a light comes on, the, the, light, the darkness dissipates. It goes away. Because light and dark cannot share and occupy the same space. Holiness and sin cannot share the same space and when you have Adam and Eve in the garden and they transgressed against God's word God loved them God cared for them God came down every afternoon and talked with them you say well how did he do that my guess is what we call a theophany, a theophany an angelic body he put himself in, in a in a, in a body that he, they could see 
But can you imagine that the creator of the heavens and the earth, he creates the, the universe, he creates the earth, he, he forms it, however many uh, years he, he, he took to do that, he creates all the animals and then he forms man from the dust of the ground, and by man I mean male and female, he creates them and loves them so much that the creator of the universe stops every single day and start and has a conversation with them that overwhelms me that just it boggles the mind you'd say well well god didn't have anything else to do he's god he has everything to do with everything and yet every single day the, the atemporal God, the God that lived out of time, became in this, in this creation and talked with Adam and Eve, loved them, knew everything that they had done all day, watched them, observed them. They would feel his presence, his spirit, and yet he would come down and say, how was your day? He already knew how their day was. He just wanted to be connected with them. And sin separated that. Sin removed humanity from God because sin is darkness and, and, and God is holy and, God, and holiness is light and, and, and it separated them and God is, is holy and holy, holiness demands that there is a judgment that needs to happen to correct a wrong. It's not that he just wanted to do it, it's who God is and yet his love and his, and his great consuming desire to be with humanity was so great. That he said, I will offer a substitute, a sacrifice for the sins of man. See, we're, we think that, that it was easy, but the reality is God is the only one that can forgive sin. Romans 3.23, I'm going to take you down what we call the Roman road. Actually, we're going to take the shortcut, it's just three verses. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned, all. I love that word, all. Small word, but it's inclusive. It means everybody. Everybody has sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's anybody from Adam all the way through. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter how good we are, no matter how how good we try to be no matter how many good works we do no, no matter how kind we are to those around us we still have sin in us and it demands payment by God Romans 6 23 says the wages of sin I like the word wages Remember getting your first paycheck? Remember when the one guy said he got his first paycheck and he wondered who FICA was and why did he take all of his money? See, the wages of sin, what, what you earn by sin is death. 
It's we earned it. God's not giving it to us. He said, here, it's something that we've earned because we're sinful. We have sin in our lives. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life. See, and this is why it is so important to understand and comprehend why the virgin birth is essential. The Bible says that that we inherited a nature of sin within us. What is that nature of, of sin? It's the desire, it's the propensity to do wrong, to go your own way, to chart your own course, to to not obey but rather disobey because you want to do something that you know goes against either what God wants or when you're a little kid what what maybe what your parents want it's innate within us I don't believe there's one person here that ever went to to a a class that taught you how to lie anybody ever go to class and say this is how you lie this is how you lie well? How many in here have lied? How many are good at it? When I was a kid, I mean, you know, I remember my brother, he had a mouthful of cookies, and my mother yelled, Are you in the cookie jar? And he said, No. And, you, and all you could hear was a muffled no, because he already had like three Oreos packed. No one taught him how to lie. That's iniquity. That's the very nature of sin in us. That's who we are. That is why it's so essential that we understand that everybody from Adam all the way through have this nature within us to do what is wrong to do contrary to what the scripture says, to what God wants us to do. We have a desire to, even the apostle Paul, he said, man, the things I want to do, I'm just not going to do them. And the things I know I should do, mm, I don't want to do them. He had this wrestling match within him. It was his human nature versus the spirit within him. And it was a constant battle. That's why Paul said, I die daily. What does he mean by that, I die daily? He crucified his flesh, the desires, the propensity to do wrong. He nailed it to the cross, and through prayer and dedication and devotion to God, he said, I don't care what my flesh wants, I am going to follow God. See, the virgin birth Christ was fully man but he was fully God see the the nature of sin was not in him because his nature his very nature is very God in Philippians 2 where it says he laid aside all regal robes and all all authority and became one of us what what Paul is saying to the church in Philippi if I would paraphrase is simply this that God 
set aside all of his power and omniscience and authority and everything else and came down and became one of us, fully God and fully man. And he said, I will defeat, I will defeat iniquity. I will defeat the adversary of humanity, which is death, because sin, the sting of of." of sin is death and they will no longer have to die because I will be the substitute that's why the Bible tells us that we have a great high priest in Hebrews 4 that was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin God himself became humanity and he said I will defeat the enemies of humanity not with my power not with my knowledge not with my wisdom but I will defeat him with my very character my very being my holiness will destroy sin and Christ lived a sinless life sinless never once did he sin and when he was crucified on the cross he was crucified for us for you and for me and he rose again three days later why did he rise again because sin had no hold he conquered death he conquered sin when we speak Christianese and we say the blood of Christ forgives us of all of our sin what we're saying is that Christ has the authority because he lived a perfect life because he died because God accepted that sacrifice for the sins of humanity that he has the authority that if we bow our knee to him and say Lord I need you I need you to forgive me that he has the authority and right because he is victor over sin and death that he can pardon and cleanse you of all sin all sin you say well is that the sins that I've committed yes is that the sins I know about yes how many of us have been walking with the Lord what 15 20 30 40 50 years and and, you know it's it's amazing have you ever thought about something that you did 50 60 years ago and it still still makes you cringe it's like oh why did I do that and you know that the Lord's forgiven you. But you still think, mm, I'm so sorry, Lord. See, the Lord has forgiven us of the sins we know about. He's forgiven us of our past sins. He's forgiven you of the sins you don't know about. There's sins that we commit. There's sins that we omit. Things that we should have done that we have not done. And he still forgives that. Do you know there's times in your life that you have sinned and you don't even realize it? And here's the beauty of this. Look at verse 3. Who forgives all, all, all your iniquity. Iniquity is not just the things we've committed. 
Iniquity is the very nature of sin within us. See, in the Old Testament, I'm going to get back to that in a moment. In the Old Testament, when God would pardon somebody, when God would forgive them, they would, they would offer the blood of bulls and goats, and, and, and it would just remove move the sins ahead. But they were never forgiven. They were just pardoned for a time. Looking forward to that moment in history when Christ would be crucified, when that sacrifice, when that sacrifice that was on the cross, when Christ was crucified, and they plunged that cross in the ground, that blood of Christ went throughout this earth. It cleansed the heavens. It pardoned transgression. When four, when the four friends brought their friend that had uh, that was that could not walk, he was paralyzed, and they brought him in and pulled him down through the roof. Don't you wish you had friends like that? Jesus looked at him and there was all the religious leaders and everybody around and Jesus looked at the man and said, man, you got great friends. And he says something absolutely amazing. He says, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus told the man, your sins are forgiven. And do you know what the religious leaders? They passed out. And when they came back, they were so enraged. He said, only God can forgive sins. And then Jesus looked at him and said, what is easier for me to say your sins are forgiven than, or to pick up your bed and go home? And he said, be healed. And the guy got up, took his bed, and went home. What was Jesus saying? I have the authority and the power to forgive sins because I am not just fully man, I am fully God. He has the authority, he has the right to forgive and to pardon and he just doesn't forgive the things we've done he forgives the things that we're going to do he washes us clean even the very nature of sin within us he washes and, and makes it white that, that's why we can boldly come in to the throne room of God and, and receive mercy and receive grace in time of need because we're no longer looked at through the eyes of God as sinful human people but we are been washed and cleansed and we are now holy because Christ is holy you and I can go into the very presence of almighty God because Christ has made us whole get this I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. Uh, I'll get to my notes next week. 
I love what the scripture says. It says this. If the same spirit which lived in Christ lives in you, the same spirit which lived in Christ lives in you. It's the spirit that will make you alive when he returns. How do you receive the spirit of God? Well, you know you have to be cleansed because we said before that the spirit of God is holy. And holiness will not dwell in the place where sin dwells. It can't. Light and darkness can't be together. Holiness and sin cannot reign simultaneously. You have to be cleansed of your sin and iniquity, and then the Spirit of the Lord will be in you. But first comes the pardoning, the cleansing, and the Bible tells us this. We, they call it repentance. And it just simply means this. That you know that Christ died for your sins and that you know that he can pardon everything that you've done, everything you're going to do, and everything that you are, even the things you don't, aren't even aware of, that he is all-encompassing when it comes to forgiveness of sins. And, and he will forgive you. John tells us if you say that you don't have sin, you're making God a liar and he's speaking to a church. See, some people think that Christians are automatically complete and holy and we are in the eyes of God, but we're still a work in progress here. I think God gets a lot of joy out of throwing people together from all walks of life and and all, all stratus and everything else and have nothing in common and says, here, love one another. He does that so that we can get the, re uh, the rough edges worn off and we can become more like Christ. That's what church is about. It's preparing us to be more like him. The Lord has pardoned us. He has forgiven our iniquity and you say well well pastor I don't I just don't know I, I've done some things scripture says who forgives only some of your iniquity only the ones I want it doesn't say that it says forgives all everything you've ever done he forgives he not only forgives that but he pardons our sinful nature and gives us his spirit to be able to overcome that sinful nature he is all encompassing he loves us and his love was displayed on Calvary's tree so you and I could truly have forgiveness. And one day, one day, 
walk with the Lord as Adam and Eve. Would you stand with me? If you're here today and, and, and you don't know the Lord, I want to encourage you. It's an easy start. And it's a journey as well. And it's an unending journey until the Lord comes back. But it always starts like this. Lord, I know that you died for my sins. And I want you to forgive me. And allow, allow sorrow to sink in for a moment. Realize who he is and how great he is. Because the Bible says that godly sorrow develops and works repentance, makes it work. And when you're, when you're really sorrowful for the things that you've done or the attitudes that you've had or the conduct that you've displayed, and, and, you, and you call on him and say, help me, Lord. He will. He has never let anyone down. And you say, well, that's it? No. And then you get to walk with him every day. You begin a, a relationship with God that's not based on fear or, or feeling like you're going to lose something. But you, you get to where you're like Paul. But he says, everything that I had before I count as loss for the excellency of knowing Christ. There is a beautiful relationship with God Almighty awaiting each and every one of us. And it first starts with the one that heals and forgives all our sins. Would you pray with me?